Well, welcome to episode six of Sixers FM, your podcast for everything Sixers. Joining me today is the chief cricket writer at the Daily Telegraph, the hornbag, Ben Horn. Thanks for joining us. Very good to be here. Thank you. No worries. And next to Ben, we have our very own WBBL captain, dual international, but most importantly, dog lover, <laughs> Elise Perry. Hello. How are you all going? Very good. Yeah, it's the grand finals have finally finished and we can get on with cricket season now. Very exciting stuff happening. Now, before we jump into everything about cricket and whatnot, um, we're going to start with our light-hearted segment, uh, Successful. <laughs> Elise, that's where you're going to give us six people, can be anyone you like, um, who would you like, who you would like to see play in the Big Bash. Okay. Um, now, when you say Big Bash, we're also talking WBBR. Of course. Okay. Cool. Well, um, being probably a little bit one-dimensional, I started thinking about athletes that I thought would be pretty awesome <laughs> um, okay. playing you cricket. Win. You want to win this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, I'm sure Ben Sawyers um, would be happy to hear that I'm thinking this way. But um, potentially a crossfitter, actually, um, was what I was thinking because they're, they're so powerful and also fit. I'd love to see them with a cricket bat in their hand or a ball in their hand. Um, so recently, actually, an Australian woman, uh, Tia Claire Toomey, won the mm. World Championships of CrossFit. Um, so, And I've seen her on various bits of um, video lifting a lot of heavy weights. Yeah. Um, so it'd be pretty cool to see her with a cricket bat in her hand. I think she'd put a few balls out of the, out of the park. Have you tried CrossFit? Uh, my sister-in-law is really into it and every now and then she's dragged me along and every time I've pretty much died. Yep. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's possibly the most ridiculous sport that, that's out there, I reckon. So, um, but it, yeah, it's good fun. It's, um, yeah, it's a good little fitness hit. Were you a fan of Ninja Warrior when that was on <laughs> TV? Uh, <laughs> I can't say I've watched a lot of it, but, uh, d- yeah, lighthearted entertainment, that's for sure. Is this an area, do you think that, uh, Pat Howard and Matthew Mott and these people can, you know, look for some recruitment? <laughs> uh, yeah, maybe. I, I'm sure they've sort of got quite a, a broad eye across um, various sports at the moment. I think particularly to, um, you know, with the explosion of, of, of women's sport in, in Australia in the last little bit and just the amount of great quality athletes across all different kinds of sports, um, yeah, you can't cast your net uh, too far or too wide, I don't think. But, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be very interesting. I suppose the skill element of cricket is probably what would be most challenging for a CrossFit ath- athlete to pick up. But you Very know. interesting one to start with. Yeah. And who else do you have? <laughs> um, that's kind of as far as I got. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> but, oh, yeah, uh, I don't know. What, what has everyone else said? Oh, we've had Hanson. Pete Neville, Chuck Hanson, Mbop. Um, We've had... um, Apparently Usain Bolt's been a regular. Yeah, Usain Bolt. Uh, Lauren Smith had Whitney Houston. More for the um, (laughs) (laughs) pre-game... Wow. (laughs) The the power ballad. Um, There's a lot of artists going on in here. More more like, oh, we had the Hemsworth brothers Mm -hmm. from Loz again. Um, In the WBBL team or the... Just on the staff or something? No, it's just a group that you want to see. All right. I can imagine why Lauren thinks the Hemworth brothers might be a, a good addition to the to the group. Um, oh, maybe like uh, a world famous bartender or something. Because Ooh. at drinks, and I'm not saying that I want alcohol in the drinks at of drinks breaks, not. but water gets pretty boring, and then we get like you know your oral hydration salts and those kinds of things. Mm. But all of it's a bit bland and boring, especially in a long season. So it'd be kind of cool to have someone 
around the team that could just make a really nice cordial yeah, or a water cocktail. Yeah, like a yeah, a mocktail for drinks or oh, something like that. I like it. That would be kind of cool. What? One thing I've always wanted to ask a professional athlete, and I don't normally get the chance, but often in dressing rooms, whether it be cricket or rugby league, you often see athletes these days drinking cans, like, you know, whether it be, you know, Red Bull or V, or I think I've seen them even drinking Coke. I mean, mm. I, I would think that, that that sort of fizzy stuff you, you wouldn't want to have before you play, but does it um, does it give a benefit? Yeah, um, I suppose it's probably a bit around timing of when you drink it and... Um yeah, you know, what's actually in the drink. So I suppose with something like Red Bull or V, you're getting a, a pretty strong caffeine hit. Um, I know, like, I mean, this is not the same sport, but cycling, they often um, pull a can of Coke out of the, the back of their, their pouch on their on their backs. And I think, you know, for two reasons, um, you know, there's some caffeine in it, but also they're, they're actually getting a bit of energy intake as well. So I suppose, you know, particularly in cricket when it's quite a long game, um, sometimes you do try and get a few calories through your drink um, when you're not particularly hungry, um, just to keep you going. But um, yeah, I'm not a big fizzy, fizzy drink fan when you're trying to when you're really thirsty or something, it <laughs> could have some, uh, yeah, some outcomes <laughs> on the pitch <laughs> yeah, later. That you don't really want. <laughs> um, okay, so we've got a CrossFitter, a bartender, yeah, yeah. for oh, no. obviously Four no non-alcoholic beverages. <laughs> Four more. Uh, Any favourite actors, singers? Yeah, I'd actually like to see. Um, oh, her name's just escaped me, but um, the amazing gymnast from the Olympics. Um, Simone Biles. Mm, yes. I think she'd be pretty amazing. Um, she's a little pocket rocket, but she'd be very agile in the field. Where would you put her in the field? Do you think? Uh, ooh. Either in close, because I think she'd like be quite low to the ground and be very springy, so she'd get to balls that just pop up. Or I'd, put her, I'd probably put her at backward point, because um, the balls come pretty quick there and they fly, and you often see some pretty amazing catches there. So... Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. And then, you know, when she came out onto the field um, at the start of an inning, she might just do like a couple of double under <laughs> handstands and round offs and a backflip. Like, that would be pretty cool yeah. to see. She could lead us out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. This team is looking very, very interesting. Yeah. yeah, well, it's all about entertainment, isn't it? No, I like, I like cricket, where your head's at. So. That's four. Okay. <laughs> so I've still got three more. Anyone from the. Um, the other sporting major sporting codes in Australia that you think could uh, make the switch? Mm. Yeah, um, I suppose for similar reasons, an AFL player would be pretty good, taking some spectacular catches in the outfield. Um, Are you into golf? Not overly, um, but yeah, golf. Mm-hmm. I reckon they'd have quite a good batting We've swing. Had a few golf golf people yeah. put out there. Yeah. yeah. Especially from uh, Alyssa and, and Mitch. Oh uh, yes, the golf fiends. <laughs> yes, yes, very much so. Uh, yeah, yeah. Adam Scott could be a good, good one to add in there. Okay. All right. Well, that's. I, I kind of want to see this team happen. <laughs> Me too. Is the drinks, the drinks person going to play or just be the drinks? Um, just be. The, well, no, actually, not a very inclusive club. If they can play, they can play. <laughs> yeah. But they'd also have to mix that with their. Their Sneak off five minutes yeah. before drinks come out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Maybe they just be 12th man every day. <laughs> <laughs> Professional 12th yeah. man. We're going to have to find some money in the salary cap for all these people. But uh, Benny, if you're listening, <laughs> um, and Dom as well, just have a have a think about those ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, all right. Well, that's very interesting. So we'll move on. Uh, we'll take a question from the crowd um, okay. on a, a lighthearted note as well. We've got a question from Kevman from Twitter 
who asks, what song do you use to motivate the team on match day? <laughs> um, to be honest, it's definitely not my job. Um, it's probably one of the younger girls because they love all their, you know, I guess um, up-to-date poppy songs that are in the chart. So someone like Lauren Smith, who um, before mentioned Whitney Houston, mm-hmm. she'd like to get her in. She's very much in charge of, of the tunes. Um, so I just kind of go along with whatever's on there. But um, I'm probably a bit more of an alternative music fan, so mine are all a bit um, downbeat and not so... Yeah. Yeah, so if I put that on, I think everyone would fall asleep for a match. But. <laughs> Is there a team favourite song? Yeah. Um, not, not that I know of. Um, probably just whatever's going at that time of year. Um, last year, we actually developed a team song to um, We Will Rock You. Um, oh, yes. So that gets that's probably well if we win a match we we sing that afterwards so um, we obviously adapted the words but um, yeah that's kind of kind of the common one. Has um, before games when the music's playing is it mm. up to everyone to contain their own music in their headphones <laughs> or is there like a sort of public announce system where it's sort of blasting across the. Yeah, I think it's, it's definitely more of a um, a public one, especially because um, we have to hand our phones in before right. a yeah. match. Um, so it's just nice to have a bit of noise, I think. Like, I, I don't really pay attention to the songs. I think it's just nice to have a bit of background noise so it's, there's not too much of a tense atmosphere in the change rooms. Um, so whoever it is, unless it's absolutely shocking music and then they'll hear <laughs> about it. Um, yeah, it doesn't really matter what it is. It's just something on a speaker. Yeah. Are the change rooms, um, speaking of like the atmosphere in mm. there, are they different between like T20, uh, WNCL and I guess the Aussies as well? Um, probably only different, different in the sense that it's a different group of people and mm. a different coach. So, you know, each coach kind of has their own way of conducting things in the change room. Um, and then, you know, the, obviously the, the individuals in the team kind of influence the environment a lot. So um, I suppose with the, the WBBL, we've got quite a few young girls. So mm. they often um, keep it quite like loud and lighthearted in the change room. Um, at an Australian level, there's probably a few older, <laughs> older, more experienced players who are a bit more... Um, yeah, reserved. But yeah. Um, yeah, I really like the the WBBL change room. It's really it's really good fun, and often, you know, we're playing at, at some really big grounds, so you're in a nice room, and and everyone's just excited to get out there. And I suppose because it's such a frantic game, you you're only really in there at the start before a match, and then you don't get back in there till the end of the game. I know a lot of um, a few of the the players coming through now, like uh, Nick Mattinson and uh, Dave Warner. I think does it. Uh, sort of very much believers in um you know things like meditation and visualizing and stuff like that to yeah. we get a few of the the WNCL players and the Australian players who are who are looking at some of those um methods for getting re- ready for games um yeah it's a good question i suppose it's quite a personal one i haven't seen many people do you know very targeted meditation or anything in the change rooms they might do it before they get there um you know, I know personally i like to write some things down before i leave for the ground um and then maybe just refresh my memory of what I've written down when I get there in the change room. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think that whole mindfulness thing around elite sport has, has become, you know, quite popular and, um, you know, played quite a big role in, in sport in the last little bit. So, um, you know, I know each team that I've played in, we do a bit of work with various people around your preparation and what works for you and, um, I guess, your approach. But it's different for everyone, um, mm. so it just depends. Mm. Speaking of preparation, um, WNCL starts Friday yeah. against Queensland. 
Yes, Queensland yes. first. Out at Blacktown. Um, what's the, how's the preparation been for you personally and obviously the team as well? Uh, yeah, it's been great. Um, I've actually been back in the country for a couple of weeks now. Um, I spent an extended period over in um, the UK after the World Cup, uh, played some 2020 um, matches over there in their comp and um, just stayed on for a little bit longer. But um, since I've been back, it's been really nice. Um, yeah, the weather's amazing in Sydney at the moment. So it's like a bit warmer than <laughs> Yeah, it was just starting to get horrible back in the UK. So I was, I was glad to come home for some sun. But, um, you know, the, the bulk of the New South Wales squad have had a really long pre-season together and um, done a couple of different trips away for some practice matches and, you know, been working exceptionally hard. There's been quite a lot of change to our program this year because of, you know, the chance for girls to basically be full-time cricketers, which has been just exceptional. And, you know, I was away for about three and a half months and just the change in in um, in, in, the, in the girls um, from when I left to when I got back was really impressive. They're all looking really fit and strong and added so much to their game. So I think it's been a bit of a long time coming for them in some ways in terms of this first match on Friday but um, you know they're more than more than ready so um, I'm really excited to see it. What about the uh, the young girls obviously we've got we've just announced Lauren Cheadle now as part yeah. of the Sixers which is super exciting and we've also got you know Lauren Smith um, uh, Emily Lees who actually plays down in Canberra mm. um, but then you've also got you know Sarah Ailey and, and Alyssa yeah. as well how how does it you know how do you guys gel from um, you know, such a high last year, obviously taking out that title to then kind of refocusing and resetting your mind to um, New South Wales base? Yeah, um, oh, I guess you just sort of look at it as the next challenge or the, a new challenge. And obviously we've got a, the, that common experience that we really enjoyed and, um, you know, just having the chance to play with um, Lauren Smith and, um, yes, Ash Gardner, who's not in New South Wales anymore. But, like, just doing that in the, the Big Bash has really given us a chance to develop I guess a, a great friendship across the group um, and that's no different when you go back into the, the New South Wales environment so uh, I guess you've just got a more personal connection to those those guys but having said that you know the, the other girls on the team because we spend so much time together and probably the majority of our training is actually in a New South Wales kind of based environment rather than a Sixers or a Thunder um, yeah you, you, you kind of move on pretty quick to the new challenge and then you know when Big Bash comes around again everyone gets really excited because yeah. it's certainly my favourite time of, of the summer What's it like? Um, I've always wondered, you know, you guys, you girls, sorry, are so close and we see it with the boys as well um, in that New South Wales teens and then when you split for the big bash, <laughs> are there any like rivalries that you, you know, you go out and you, if it's very serious or are they just like yeah. for jokes? Um, no, there's definitely a real edge to the, the Sixers Thunder rivalry yeah. um, and it's it's really funny because as you say, when we're in the New South Wales sort of environment, it doesn't exist, so there's not even any mention of it um, and you don't, you don't you're not aware of it but the minute that those two teams split <laughs> I don't know what happens but it changes so quickly and yeah it's one of the best rivalries that I've experienced in um in in all the sport that I've played um certainly and we've had some great tussles with them and I think you know the reason why it's like that is because we know each other so well so you know we play alongside each other you know I've played in the New South Wales set up for 10 years with a, a lot of the the same girls and half of us are at the sixes and basically the other half are at the thunder so um I think it's really our only chance to play against each other. In a lot of ways, we kind of relish in it because we're always teammates and um, know each other so well. So then it kind of adds this new element when you're playing against each other. Do you find the, the text messages that would normally <laughs> be going back and forth slow down or do they uh, just take on a different tone? Um, yeah, I... Oh, probably they just kind of slow down a bit but um, I noticed that like 
we become quite territorial over the SCG. <laughs> um, so you see like a Thunder shirt in here and they've got every right and every claim to being in the SCG <laughs> as well. But it's like, yeah. no, this is our territory. Yeah. Like, yeah. You go out to Homebush. Yeah. Like, what are you doing here? <laughs> like, could you imagine if they found a Sixers shirt at Homebush? Yeah, exactly. I reckon they'd have the same reaction for sure. <laughs> well, f- for sure. I think they have the, the same mutual kind of, um, I wouldn't say hatred, but just mutual kind of like rivalry with us. So, um, yeah, that we just become this like separate entity and it's like all of a sudden it's like, no, like, yeah. You could probably change the um, barcodes pretty easily out the front there. <laughs> Stop them getting in. Yeah, that's true. Just kind of put their their photos, their little <laughs> mug shots on a hit list or something. <laughs> the, um, were you overseas at the moment that the MOU got announced? Uh, yes. Yeah. yeah, I was still overseas. Yeah, so you weren't at training, but I th- did you hear about the reaction from the New South Wales players on the day that that came through? So, someone was telling me like it was a real kind of like cause for celebration at, at training and yeah. someone might have been following it on their phone, which oh, they wow. m- maybe shouldn't have done it uh, during the <laughs> net session. But then yeah, it was yeah. sort of like, you know, it was a real kind of big moment for, for the group. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, I hadn't, haven't heard too much about that, but like I know how big it is for those girls. And, um, yeah, it's it's not just the young girls, it's, it's everyone involved. Um, so, I mean, obviously it's an amazing kind of opportunity for those girls just starting their career out to know that, you know, whilst they play, they're going to be full-time professionals and they can put everything into that to being the best cricketer that they can and see where that takes them. But I think, too, for, I guess, the players that have been around for a, a number of years, um, yeah, I certainly feel like it's almost a it's a whole new career. It's a, it's sort of like a second, second shot at things because... Um, you know, in the past, has always been a bit of a juggling act for everyone, whether it's work or study. Um, where you know they're not a hundred percent involved in cricket the whole time. Whereas you know this year, like we're in here every day at the SCG training. Um, girls have got every opportunity to to become the best player they can um, because you know it's not just on you know in the nets or on the park. It's working with uh, nutritionists and psychologists and um, the physios and all those people um, to get the, the absolute most out of out of themselves. So, you know, for everyone involved, there's this whole new change and scope to improve. And um, so, yeah, I mean, even when the first, um, I guess, negotiations started happening and we were aware of what the proposals were for the, the female players in the country, um, I think everyone was just like absolutely overwhelmed and excited about what uh, what lay ahead. Just with this game that's on Friday, New South Wales versus Queensland to kick it all off. I mean, we're sort of looking at the ashes a little bit, I suppose. Mm. Um, do you see an opportunity for two fast bowlers, um, Lauren Cheadle and and uh, Holly Furling, to you know if they can start the season with a lot of wickets to, to put their name up there? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think um, that was something that was really highlighted um, over the World Cup campaign, and um, something that I know you know the the Australian setup is really looking at in terms of developing fast bowlers. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for, for Lauren, who was um, injured for the World Cup and is now fully fit and just getting back into things, I think this would be a great barometer for where she's at this weekend. Um, and then, you know, Holly has had a lot of success at international cricket and it's probably just lost a little bit of her spark in the last couple of years but you know that's not to say that she can't get that back so I think it's a really great opportunity for those two and then even someone like Belinda Vakawira who went on the World Cup trip um she played one game and um you know has just continued to to get better and better um and you know she's still quite young so um yeah all those guys have got a really great chance this weekend um and I think you know it's really important that um looking ahead to the ashes that that our fast bowlers are doing well because um it's going to be you know on on harder faster Australian wickets really important that the fast bowlers chip in 
Is that, you know, primarily to do with the conditions that you'll face out here or was there a feeling that in the World Cup maybe um, there was just too much reliance on, on spin bowlers and you do need an, an extra bit of pace? Yeah, I, I think it's a bit of both. Um, you know, I think throughout that World Cup we are probably a little bit unbalanced at different times with how heavy we were um, from a spin point of view. But that's because, you know, in the last little bit our, our, our bowlers or our best bowlers have, or our most successful bowlers have been our spin spin bowlers so um you know uh, there's a lot of um a lot of things you know in England where you can extrapolate a lot of good swing and seam off the pitch um for pace bowlers and they've got a good role to play there but um you know we probably didn't have anyone doing that particularly well so it was easy to pick spin uh, whereas here you know there's still a bit of swing around but you know the, the quicker um pitches make it really important that we've we're making the most of that because we're used to that and England aren't so um yeah, it's it's a really good challenge for the group, and I think um, it's just one of those things where um, we had some great fast bowlers, and they've sort of retired or moved on, and we've just got to find the next crop now. Now, Ashes, can you do it? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Good, good answer. <laughs> <laughs> like obviously, compared, you know, you had the World Cup. Yeah. You know, it wasn't probably the result. You know, didn't make it all the way, but yeah. you know, some of the girls, even yourself, performed outstandingly. You know, what are you guys taking from the learnings from there and bringing it back? to here in the home sold to hopefully lift the urn? Um, yeah, well, I think from a really positive point of view, we had a great debrief um, about the World Cup and, and where, where things went wrong, um, you know, recently in a camp in Brisbane, um, which was the first time we were all back together. Um, but also I think, you know, for me, one of the biggest things that um, the World Cup highlighted is just how far the games come forward and the fact that, you know, every country around the world is improving um, and they're improving really quickly. Um, so... For, for us, that's a, a really great challenge to make sure that, you know, we continue to improve and, um, you know, set the bar higher and, um, you know, try and, you know, still make the pace out in front. And I think we didn't do that at the World Cup. We probably got outplayed and outmuscled by various teams, particularly, um, you know, India and in the form of Harman Preet Kaur in the semi-final. But, um, but also England, I think they set the pace, the, the whole World Cup in terms of, you know, they scored the highest team totals. They played a really aggressive style of cricket and they just took the game on. And, um, you know, I think that's really multifaceted. It's about building better cricketers but better athletes as well. And, you know, there's no reason why we can't do that because we're all full-time now. So, um, yeah, it was, it's it's sort of laid a great challenge for us. But in saying that, um, you know, like any sport and any tough competition, we weren't that far off either. So um, it's just minor tweaks here and there and a, diff- a slightly different approach and mindset. And, um, you know, we've got such a great rivalry with England and, you know, I guess on paper we're very, very even. So it's just about who who performs really. Yeah, 100%. Obviously for the those listening, uh, the first Ashes game for the women uh, started on the 22nd of October up in, in Brisbane on the Allen, yeah. Allen Ball. I think Border we sold field. the ground out too. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, which is really cool. That's out, like, especially, you know, you, you saw the Matildas selling out. Well, not selling out, but you got 15,000, 16,000 yeah. people to their games. And, yeah. you know, now cricket's hopefully leading the way in that. And then we go down to, I think, Coffs Harbour yep, for two Coffs games. That. And then two games at North Sydney. So hopefully we can sell continue to sell them out yeah fingers crossed um it'd be great i I think there's such a good air around the australian summer and um you know people really enjoy coming out watching cricket so um yeah it'd be really nice to have some support at the ground definitely and with your um just compared to to the men's ashes obviously that point system Mm. is something that you know we've regularly spoken about but from your point of view um you know it's 
is it a thing that you want to keep running with or do you want to see it shift to more of a you know the men's style yeah I think it's really relevant to our game um, because we don't play the only test matches we play against England um, so it's not as big a component of the women's game and we play a lot of 50 over cricket and T20 cricket has been really important as a vehicle to promote the sport and, and further it so I think you know the way that it's set up now with the th- three tw- T20 games the three one days and the one test match um, it works really well and it means that all the formats are really relevant um, and that you've got to consistently perform across all three. Um, so I think it's it's really challenging. Um, you know, we've only been successful with it once and I think we've played it two, uh, three or four times. So, um, yeah, it's a great challenge and um, I really enjoy it. But it's really nice to keep that test match in there. I'm, I'm glad that's there because without a doubt that's still, you know, the biggest highlight of my career is playing test match cricket for Australia. Well, have you um, started having a bowl with the, the pink ball? <laughs> yeah, we've got a few floating around training. Um, uh, the, they're not too different. Uh, I think, you know, the biggest thing is just how heavy the lacquer is on it. Um, so um, it's been been good to use. Um, doesn't doesn't swing too much. Like, it's pr- pretty consistent. Um, doesn't wear too quickly, I suppose, um, especially because we're probably not hitting the deck as hard as the guys. So we've had, um, yeah positive results with it so far and I know um it's it's a team sport and um you know replacing Meg Lining is going to sort of be a group effort but yourself as you know such an experienced and um you know um senior player in the side um are you really taking this as a bit of a challenge to like to to step up and um you know and take take control yeah I think as you said we all are um because, uh, you know, I mentioned before, I thought England in the World Cup really were the ones to take it to opposition and, and, and push the envelope and go a bit further. And, you know, we probably, especially with our batting, we're just a little bit behind that. Um, you know, myself um, particularly, there's a really great challenge there to, to score a little bit quicker and a bit more freely, um, obviously, you know, within my own abilities. But, um, you know, I think across the board, it's a great challenge for a batting group just to you know, as I said, push the envelope a bit. And we've got someone like Rachel Haynes coming in who's extremely experienced um, campaigner and been around cricket for a long time and probably one of the best leaders that I've played under. Um, but, you know, her, her ability with the bat will be really key as well. You know, I'm not sure where she'll bat, but whoever kind of slots into those spots where where Meg, Meg has um, batted recently will be uh, a good challenge. But, yeah, across the board, I think everyone's got a role to play. Very exciting uh, time coming yeah. up with WNCL and, and the Ashes and hopefully for those who are listening, get down to, to the grounds. Um, I think adult tickets are $10 and kids' entry is free. So it's get... only a couple of cups of coffee. Exactly. <laughs> or a few mocktails. <laughs> yeah, from our bartender. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We'll move on there and we'll quickly touch on um, you know the JLT uh, One Day Cup has started yeah. as well and you know a few of the Sixers boys have been... Um, Playing outstandingly, you had you know Nick Madison smashing 137 off I think about 118 ball, balls the other day, and and you had Daniel Hughes um, take uh, hitting a half century, and then um, you know the the young gun Mickey Edwards who took a forfer. I mean, you know he's just yeah. back. You know playing played two games. You know it's outstanding. It's so great to see. Um, I guess new, the the Blues you know really um, taking this you know by their hands and, and running with it. Now you know we're one from two. Ben obviously you know you know. You've been following it a fair bit. You know, what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, well, it's very interesting uh, in terms of how you look at it uh, in the lead up to the Ashes. I mean, I know it's a different format and all those kind of things, but there's clearly two um, positions vacant in the Australian side, at least I'd say, at number six and and the wicket keeping spot at number seven. So there's a there's a lot to play for, I think, for 
for these players in in this um, one day cup and then in the start of the shield season. Uh, Mickey Mickey Edwards is an interesting one. I mean, yeah, you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself because he hasn't played a shield game yet. But yeah. he's a guy who's got a real opportunity over the next couple of years, I think, to sort of push push up because we've got those you know probably four leading fast bowlers in Hazelwood, Stark, Cummins, Pattinson. But after that, it's sort of you know we we haven't had a guy sort of jump up to, to uh, join those guys so I think Mickey's got a good chance and yeah very excited to watch um to watch Daniel Hughes and Nick Maddinson and you know I think Nick Maddinson real chance to, to bounce back strongly from you know from last year. And Elise have you been keeping track of the boys performance? Uh, a little bit I've I followed the scores um so yeah it was really great to see them uh, come back after yeah a bit of a tough loss in the first one but yeah Sean, Sean Marsh has been really impressive mm. as well um and then I think over in India, someone like Nathan Coulton-Isle, um, who's bowled pretty well in, in those one-day matches, will challenge things a bit too. So, yeah, there's a bit kind of um, up in the air for the Australian team, I guess, heading into the Ashes and the comp like JLT and the guys over in India have got a really great opportunity to push push their cause. Yeah, well, so we'll see how, how that goes. Now, we haven't touched on it yet. <laughs> AFL and NRL Grand Finals. Did you watch them? Did anyone care? Look, <laughs> I... Um, I I uh, embarrassingly didn't watch the AFL Grand Final. Um, like it's the only sport I actually get myself, so I played touch football instead, which is a very low standard. But you know, I'd prefer to do that than actually watch other people play. Um, but I did watch the NRL Grand Final. Yeah, and I was wondering, Elise, with yeah. um, with uh, Jonathan Thurston and the Cowboys. Yeah. I was just wondering whether, you know, with with Meg Lanning being out, if you can take something from how the Cowboys got there because, I mean, it was it was built around, you know, losing a couple of their best mm. players and sort of everyone stepping up. Yeah, well, I think that probably speaks volumes for the culture of the Cowboys and um, the fact that I guess everyone was really aware and um, well-versed in, in what their role is in the team and I think that's a really important one whilst you've got, got leaders who, I guess, you know... Um, no, that's obvious. They lead um, when you've got got players that you know have the captain or vice cap- captain against them, and you look to them a lot. Um, you know that's obviously an important role, but I think even more important is when, you know every player having a really deep understanding of of what they bring to the team and you know what they need to execute for the team to be successful. And to me, it looked like so- something like that. Um, the Cowboys set up; they were really across that. And so, you know, when you do have disruptions or people come in and out of the team. Um, it doesn't it doesn't matter too much because everyone can just kind of pick up, um, you know, their slack or whatever they need to do and, and keep going with it. So, um, yeah, and I guess coupled with that is just a belief across the group that, that you can perform and you can do well and you know each other well enough to, to, to do that no matter who's on the park. Do you follow NRL or AFL? Um, to be honest, not really. <laughs> I really I really like the Swans and I'll always yeah. follow their matches, but across the comp, not overly. Um, yeah. I've kind of got stuck watching a lot of rugby union in the last couple of years. Um, and I'm still <laughs> trying to learn all the very intricate rules of, of the breakdown. So <laughs> I spend most of my sports watching time doing, doing that, um, particularly at the moment in the wee hours of Saturday morning or Sunday morning. But um, yeah, I haven't watched too much other sport lately. Speaking of... Um the, the AFL, I know, Ben, you didn't watch it, but did anyone see Jack Rewalt jumping up on stage <laughs> trying to 
burst out the, the killers miss the bright side. <laughs> so pretty good, uh, pretty good uh, prize for winning the uh, the grand final, getting a chance to go on the on stage with the killers. I think you'd you'd be talking about that for a long time, but did he, I didn't actually see it. Did he leave? We were all his teammates in the sheds, and he just went out. There. Did he it's take it upon to say. himself? Can't say that I watched it either. Um, I'm also a massive Swans fan, so <laughs> I just saw the highlights. But Elise. Mm. This year, WBBL 03, Sixers, if, if the girls win. Are the killers would, performing at are they? the final? Or who would you like to see? <laughs> um, at the performing. Who would you on get on stage, stage with? Um, Burst out a tune to oh, celebrate. I wouldn't do that to anyone <laughs> in Australia because I have the world's worst voice. I'm so tone deaf. But oh, I'd definitely like to see Lauren Smith on stage with Whitney Houston or Beyonce. <laughs> yeah, either or. that up. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so, Elise, obviously, you just mentioned, uh, you know, you've, you've been over in England and um, obviously your, your partner, your husband, Matt, plays over for Leicester um, mm. in, in the rugby union over there. What else do you do in your spare time? <laughs> Who are you away away from cricket? <laughs> uh, oh, good question. Um no, no D&M, just... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was like, who am I? <laughs> Reevaluate my life. Um, yeah, I... I a few different things. I obviously spend a fair bit of time over in the UK when I, when I get the chance. Um, so I've been travelling a lot lately. But um, besides that, um, I'm a massive coffee and cafe um, nuffy. Nice. So I spend a lot of time, um, you know, finding various cafes around the place. We've also got a couple of shares in some cafes in Canberra, which oh, has nice. been really cool. So that's kind of, um, yeah, a nice kind of hobby and um, something What's your favourite coffee bean? Oh, I don't really have one. Um, I suppose I should say our ones <laughs> at the cafe. Um, Which are? Yeah, well, our coffee... Oh, sorry, our cafe is called Two Before Ten in Aranda in Canberra. And we've got um, a few different blends, but the Juggernaut... good coffee. I have been there before. Have you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. thank you for your live, patronage. You still live down in Canberra, so that's a, one of the favourites. Oh, great. Excellent. Could, could we set up a coffee challenge between you and Ed Cowan, maybe, where you sort of like... Well, it's no challenge when he produces pods. <laughs> like, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Um, yeah, I'm happy to. Uh, Eddie's got a vast nah, knowledge. No, I'm one with you. It's hands down, not a, not a challenge at all. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yes, yeah, so, I mean, I've really enjoyed that. We've also got a machine at home, um, so I muck around on that at, at different times. Um, besides that, uh, I'm a bit of a homebody or someone who just loves catching up with friends and family. And um, we've got, I think you mentioned at the start of the show, I'm a dog lover we've We've been waiting for you to talk about this (laughs) we've got a a little puppy um a blue staffy um at home so yeah she's not exactly low maintenance so we i spent a lot of time exercising her um found a few good bushwalks around my place so i do that a bit um yeah and other than that i I just love being at home in sydney to be honest um it's such a great place there's so much thing so many things to do so yeah i just make the most of that and um, like moving moving forward, we'd have this is a great segue into mm. the next next question. Obviously, you know that's that's who you are away from <laughs> cricket. Um, but our question from the crowd is, you know, what was the hardest thing that you have had to give up to play professional cricket oh. or professional sport? <laughs> uh, to be honest, I I've never really viewed anything like um, or I, I've never really viewed it as me having to make a sacrifice or give anything mm. up because I I feel like you know anything that you know maybe I've potentially missed out missed out on um has been you know repaid about tenfold in any opportunity or experience that I've had playing sport and um you know so it's really hard to kind of think that I've I've missed out on anything because yeah I've just I've had such wonderful 
opportunities to to play a couple of sports that I absolutely love at a, at a high level and meet so many people and you know learn so much about myself as well um, through sport because you know it kind of takes you to all different places and puts you in all different situations. So uh, yeah, I've never really felt like that. I suppose you know you miss out on spending a bit of time with family and friends and that's um, something that I'm always conscious of making up for, um, you know, when I'm at home. But, yeah, yeah as I said, I, I kind of feel like everything I've done have been repaid tenfold for. Awesome. Now, I'm looking forward, WBBL03. Yep. I struggle to get that out sometimes. <laughs> um, last year, obviously, the girls took out the title. Unfortunate yeah. that you had to miss those last <laughs> yeah. few games for injury. Um what are your, your plans for the team this season? Yeah, oh, I think it's a great challenge for us. Um, you know, probably the first year, um, you know, I'm not sure if all the listeners are aware, but we lost our first six games on the, on the trot and then managed to come back and win, I think, eight or nine in a row to make the final and then ended up losing to the Thunder in the final. Um, and then last year we had, you know, such a consistent season and, and really set the tone, um, I guess, well across, across the whole season and it was really nice, I think, to to win the final um, and it was a, a nice kind of um, step up from, from the year before and um, I think so So this year for us the challenge is to probably lead from the front and be comfortable being kind of the, the, the standard setters but also set a new standard so um, you know I think we've recruited really well in, in the off season um, but you know that the, the big challenge is to actually take our game to a new level now so you know um ben and i have sat down quite a lot and, and chatted a lot about this but you know we really want to be playing a style of cricket that that's hard to beat and do that every week and um i think you know hopefully that means that all the girls are now playing 11 and the, and the extended squad have um taken their game to another level and can i go back to back Oh, I, I, definitely. I think so. Um, yeah. We're going to have some really, really tough competition. I think we've seen that every year. You know, it always comes down to the last round as to who makes the top four and goes into the semifinals. Um, you know, no team's gone through undefeated um, before because it's um, it's such a tough, tough comp and, you know, every team's pretty even. So, um, yeah, it's a great challenge for us. But I think, you know, if we kind of achieve the things that we set out to and play the way that, that we want to, um, yeah, there's no reason why we can't. And what about the boys? Do you think they can go back to back? <laughs> well, not back to back. Do you think they can go one better? Sorry, from from last year. Uh, yeah, the boys have got an incredible knack of, um, yeah, performing when when they need to yeah. and doing it at the right time. And I think that's a a really hard thing to, I guess, get into a group or cultivate in a team. And once you've got it, it's really hard to lose as well. So I think every year they're in with a really good shot, and this year's no different. What are your thoughts, Ben? Obviously, being across it. Yeah, look, I think uh, I think New South Wales. You know, you look at their squad, and certainly personnel-wise, um, they're they're as strong as any team. So I think they'll be pretty hard to beat once the Matador, sorry, the JLT Cup comes over this side <laughs> of the country. And Shield-wise, I mean, they're going to have a great leg up with three their first three Shield games. They're going to have all these Australian players playing, yeah. so it's a pretty good way to start the season. So I think they'll be strong. Yeah, excellent. All right, well, thank you so much, guys. Uh, it's been great to chat and. At least hopefully the girls can lift that trophy again. And Ben, we look forward to reading all the um, interesting articles that you will put out. Um, Thanks for having us. And yeah, just a quick you. shout out to 2 Before 10 if you want to give free coffees next time we're down. Yeah, well, <laughs> Why not? Uh, do we have any matches in Canberra? Um, Maybe a pre-season trip or something. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm more well, than happy to. Send some up. <laughs> uh, yeah, true, true. Awesome, thank trip. you so much, guys. <laughs> Pleasure. Thank Thanks.